uh, I want us to turn our Bibles tonight uh, to Luke chapter 2, you know, and uh, Luke chapter 2 is one of those, uh, you know, chapters, you, it's hard to miss when you're looking at Christmas and you're talking about uh, the events of Christmas, but tonight I want to focus on the story of the shepherds. I want to uh, focus on their life tonight and um, uh, what happened to them that night on uh, you know Christmas, uh, what happened in their life. And you know that Luke chapter 2 starts with there's a tax decree that goes out from Caesar. Uh, he's, you know, the ruler of Rome, the Roman Empire, and he puts this degree, decree to be that everyone should be taxed. And to do that, uh, they were kind of to return to that city uh, of their, you know, of their lineage. They had to return to be sort of registered and taxed at the same time. Um, so because Joseph was in the house and lineage of David, um, he had to return to Bethlehem. Uh, and you think about this, it couldn't have been a worse time uh, for Mary and Joseph. Um, she was great with child, the Bible says, uh, and it's actually from where they were, uh, it would have been a five-day journey, give or take, um, to get to Bethlehem. And then when they get there, you know, there's no room in the inn. Uh, there's no room for them to stay. Uh, and you think about her being great with child, about to be delivered, uh, no room in the inn. Uh, it's it's just a, a hard time, a, a, a lot of things going against them, against Mary and Joseph. And think about, you know, I'm sure you've heard this before, but nobody was willing to give up their room, you know, to this poor couple that was about to give birth. Um, they were left to be in is probably a cave kind of next to the inn uh, where they kept the animals, you know, so just kind of a dirty, stable cave. Um, they didn't have hot water or any of the normal things that you would need uh, for a baby to be born, you know, kind of in a sanitary environment and to be cleaned afterward and everything else. No, they were just born in a stable and uh, Jesus was placed in a manger, really a feeding trough for the animals. Um, so all of these things coming together, it would have been a very uh, hard time for Mary and Joseph. A lot of things, you know, a lot of feelings of things going against them, or, you know, we might even say couldn't catch a break. But, um, you know, you, in spite of all that trouble, all the pain, all the heartache, the five-day journey, you know, going through childbirth without, you know, the modern medicine, uh, and then just the disappointment of not having a, a place to stay, but being in the stable, uh, I guarantee all of that heartache and pain was gone as soon as that baby was born, uh, as soon as the cry was heard, uh, you know, all those things melted away. But I, I don't want to focus on Mary and Joseph. Like I said, I want to focus on the shepherds. So if you have your Bibles, again, we'll be in Luke chapter 2. Uh, I will we'll start in verse 8. I'm going to read the passage uh, and then we'll pray and then we'll dig into it. But Luke chapter 2, starting verse 8. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people." For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was an, uh, with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men." 
15, And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into, uh, into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning the, the child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these sayings and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you again so much for uh, this opportunity, Lord, to preach your word one more time. And Lord, I pray uh, that as it goes out tonight and maybe is watched in the days to come, Lord, uh, that your word would do like you promised it would and would touch hearts. Uh, and Lord, that we could remember the true reason for Christmas, what really happened that night. And Lord, allow it to change our hearts. Lord, for those that are lost, I pray that they'd come to know you as a Savior. And Lord, for the Christians, Lord, I pray that you'd help us to draw closer to you and Lord, to do your will. Lord, we thank you for all things. And in Jesus' name we pray. And amen. So if we look into this uh, right here in verse 8, we're thinking about we've got shepherds uh, in the field. Uh, it's at night. They're watching their flock as, as they would. Uh, so, you know, we shifted from the stable where uh, Mary and Joseph and, and Jesus had been born. And we're shifting over outside of Bethlehem. Uh, to this uh, field where these shepherds would keep their flocks. And one of the things to, to realize is we need kind of the context to paint the picture. Being a shepherd was a very hard job in those days. You think about it, they would have cold nights, uh, the days were long, the work was hard, never getting really fully rested, they're away from their families, uh, and they had few friends. And really in Jewish society, they were looked down upon. Uh, in fact, one of the things I found, they weren't allowed to testify in trials. Uh, so the life of a shepherd was hard. And, and even you think about uh, sheep, if you look at what it takes to be a shepherd, uh, it, it's hard also because sheep can't take care of themselves. They have to be led uh, to food. They have to be led to where to eat. They have to be led to water. They have to be made to rest. And so it's just a constant uh, focus for the shepherd, having to pay special attention to the sheep and provide continuous care. And I want you to stop and think about it for a second. In the Bible, the Lord calls, calls us his sheep and, and calls himself the good shepherd. Uh, so you think about that. Uh, sheep need a shepherd and so do we. We need a shepherd and we, uh, just like the sheep, have to be led uh, and have to be uh, uh, made to eat, made to drink, made to rest. Uh, and I'm glad that the Lord does that if we allow it. So that night, we've got this uh, group of shepherds. Everything seems normal. It would have been a normal night for them, uh, but then everything changed very quickly. In verse 9, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. So that night you see the shepherds, they saw these shining
burning lights, the glory of the Lord, and they they saw the angel of the Lord, uh, and it made them very afraid when all this happened. This wasn't a normal night uh, in the field. This wasn't uh, what they encountered at, at all in their lives. They didn't see God, but they saw his glory, and it, it overpowered them, and they were afraid. Uh, but don't you like it in the Bible, as it says so many times in verse 10, fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be all people. And when it talks about good tidings in the Bible, that's another phrase where we can see that the gospel message was presented to them. Uh, they were not only being told that this Savior was come, uh, but they were told that this is Jesus and, and this is why he came. And they, they were given this good news. We don't know everything was told to them, but they, they were given the gospel uh, enough for them to take hold of it and believe on it by faith. Uh, but there's many today that when they hear that gospel message, uh, they reject Jesus Christ. They reject it, and it does not bring them joy. Uh, it, it does not. It brings them pain and offense and everything to think about sin uh, uh, when you think about why Jesus came. Uh, but aren't you glad if you are saved by the blood of Jesus Christ tonight, that gospel message, when you think about the Lord Jesus Christ coming to this earth, being born of a virgin, uh, so that way he can be uh, to die on the cross to save us from our sins. He died for the sins of the world. You think about that whole gospel message today. It brings us great joy for those that have trusted in Jesus Christ for forgiveness of sins. So don't let the world steal our joy. They try to many times when we think about the gospel. But the angel said that, hey, I'm bringing you something, good tidings, and it is great joy. I I'm telling you what, we should be over filled with joy uh, today if we think about being saved by Jesus Christ. We have an eternal hope. We've got a real uh, a place prepared that Jesus went away to prepare that's waiting on us and, and we just have a, an eternity with him. That's, that's a blessing. But you think about this scene. Isn't this how God works? Uh, he didn't go and uh, send the angels to appear at the palace. Uh, he, he didn't send them to the, uh, you know, to the religious leaders. No, uh, he sent the angel of the Lord to some lowly shepherds. They're the first one that got to hear the good tidings that night. Uh, but it wasn't just any shepherds. This is a group of shepherds that were outside of Bethlehem. And there's a place outside of Bethlehem called the Tower of the Flock. It's about a mile east of Bethlehem. And the, and the special uh, thing about this flock and this area and these shepherds is they're the ones that raised the sheep that were going to be used as temple sacrifices. So a certain group of shepherds in a certain place uh, raising those sheep that would then become uh, the sacrifices for sins and peace offerings and different things in the temple. And Micah talks about it. Micah 4.8 prophesies of this night. He says, O thou tower of the flock. And then he says, Unto thee shall it come, even the first dominion. Uh, and then in the next chapter, uh, I believe in ver chapter 5, verse 2, But thou, Bethlehem, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall he come forth unto me, that is to be a ruler in Israel, whose goings forth have been from old, from everlasting. You know, in fact, when you fast forward and look later when the wise men come, uh, they ask, Herod asked the religious leaders uh, that were there with him, hey, uh, where is this Savior going to be born? And they knew, they knew it was 
he was going to be born in Bethlehem because of Micah's prophecy so long before. Uh, so we know this is talking about the birth of the Savior, and he's talking about going uh, uh, to those in the tower of the flock. So I believe it was those specific shepherds uh, that the angel appeared to, again, about a mile east of Bethlehem, and says, hey, gives them the good tidings. And here's some more of the message, verse 11. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Do you see this announcement? Very important that we dig in and and really look at the details in God's word. I know this is a familiar story. And as you hear me say over and over again, whenever you're in a familiar story in the Bible, you've got to slow down and really look and see what God is trying to show us here. Uh, Again, it's not hidden, but we can get so comfortable, so familiar with the passage, we can kind of fly right through it uh, and, and miss what God's trying to show us. But notice what it says here, for unto you is born this day in the city of David. What's it say? A good teacher? No. A, a good moral example? No. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a prophet? No. It says, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, capital S. Uh, that child that was de- uh, that was born would be the Deliverer, which is Christ the Lord. Countless babies, I'm sure, were born that night across Judea, maybe even a couple in Bethlehem, although it was a really small town. But, uh, you know, and many babies have been born over time, but the world has never been the same since the Savior, Jesus Christ, came to this earth and was born. He was born of a virgin, came from heaven. He didn't uh, just come into being that night. He was from everlasting. He is from eternity. He created this world, and he decided to come down to this earth uh, uh, so that he could be the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the earth, Uh, and probably getting ahead of myself, but you imagine the Savior was born. This is the message that they gave. Uh, and then they give them right after this in verse 12, and this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. This is the sign. So again, like I said, there's uh, many newborns and uh, they could have been searching all over the place, but he says, uh, the angels tell him, I want you to look for one. This is the one I want you to look for. One wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. See, here's the unusual part right here. Uh, you would have found babies, you know, being in a, uh, you know, where would we put one today? We would put the baby, you know, kind of wrapped up in the nursery, uh, everything all prepared for the baby. That's where you would normally see one uh, sleeping, but at night. But they were saying, hey, you're going to find a baby lying in a manger. Again, a feeding trough for animals uh, because he was born uh, outside with the animals. Uh, and you think about this. This would have been a a thing that would have really uh, set the Lord apart. So that way they would have known where to find the one baby. Let's keep going. Verse 13, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and peace uh, and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. So as soon as the angel explained that sign, you've got this whole multitude, this huge number of angels start praising God. And I, I can't imagine the power behind this, uh, you know, heavenly choir singing glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. They, they were showing the shepherds as if they didn't realize that this was a, a monumental event. They were letting them know that, hey, all of heaven is behind what's happening right here. 
So I want you to think about something. I want you to imagine you're one of the shepherds that night. Again, it started out uh, just like any other night. It was quiet. It was normal. And then all of a sudden, this angel of the Lord appears, changes everything, tells you about a baby that's born and is lying in a manger that's going to deliver the people, that's going to be a savior. Uh, and then those angels leave. They, uh, they go off. And yeah, I want you to ask this question, what would you have done if you were one of these shepherds, what what would your response be to this, uh, you know, almost crazy message that you received with this uh, from heaven, just this miraculous appearance uh, talking, you know, this angel talking to you and telling you uh, to go find this child. And you think about it. It's hard to answer that question. You know, what uh, what would you have done if you were a shepherd? See, for the shepherds, the easy thing to do that night was be just to turn to each other and say, well, you know, that was interesting. Um, you know, we've never seen that before. And then just go back to resting with the flock as if nothing happened. And you're thinking, well, Mike, I would never do that. I That's not something that I would do. Well, uh, I can tell you what the answer of that question would be when what happens when the Lord asks you to do something? What happens when the Lord calls you to do something that's not normal, something that uh, takes faith to step out and try to find this child? What happens when you do that? Because if you uh, are someone that doesn't, that someone that would say, well, that was interesting, or well, uh, I guess that sounds like an okay idea, but then go about your business, uh, then you would have stayed in the field even after all of this happened. I want you to think about that. Well, let's go on in the Bible story. We're getting, it's starting to get good now. Verse 15, and it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said unto one another, here's what they decide to do. Let us uh, now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. They turn to each other and say, hey, let us now go. Not They're not waiting till the next morning. In fact, they don't even go home uh, and clean up and put on fresh clothes. Think about this. Sheep are smelly. So are shepherds. They're dirty. They're outside. They They've worked hard all day. They've been in the sun. Uh, they And they're going to see this one uh, baby that's born, the deliverer, the promised Messiah. Uh, you know, you think, well, maybe I better put on better clothes. No, they said, we are going right now. We're not going to hesitate. We're going to go find the Savior. Uh, it doesn't matter if we're still dirty from the field. And you think about that. It just reminds me when I thought of that and was reading that of Romans 5, 8. I love this verse. It says, but God commendeth his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Aren't you glad today uh, that Jesus, uh, when he when He touches your heart, if you're lost today, when he, when he touches your heart, and if you're saved, if you remember back to the day when the Holy Spirit touched your heart, and you remember when you realized that you were a, a sinner, dirty, filthy in the eyes of God, aren't you glad that Jesus, when you heard the message that it wasn't Jesus saying, hey, you need to clean yourself up first, you need to fix things. You need to turn over a new leaf. You need to get rid of bad habits. You need to change your life or everything. No, uh, Jesus said, I, uh, before you come to Jesus, no, Jesus said, I want you to come to me with your sins, with your uh, righteousness that is as filthy rags. I want you to come to me as you are. Admit that you're a sinner. Admit that you need me, and you just come the way you are. See, the devil wants to try to convince you that you need to fix yourself first before you come to Jesus Christ. 
I'm here to tell you, Jesus told Nicodemus in John chapter 3, he said, you must be born again. The great thing about Jesus Christ, he is in the new birth business. He is in the giving you a new start business and he'll take you as you are. He loved you while you were yet a sinner. He died for you in your sin so that you can find forgiveness of sins from him. Don't you listen to the devil. You come to Jesus Christ and he'll save you of your sins. Praise God. So they didn't wait. They didn't go clean up. They just went straight uh, to go find the Savior. Let's look at verse 16. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in the manger. I believe this is one of those spots between verse 15 and verse 16 where it's just kind of easy to miss what really happened between those verses. See, the Bible doesn't give us every detail. We don't get every single detail in the Bible. The Bible's concise, uh, but every detail is important. But here's the thing. They didn't waste any time. Uh, we see that in both verse 15 and verse, 15 and verse 16. But notice in 16 it says, And they found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in the manger. And I'm here to tell you uh, uh, that you can read that too quickly and you can think of this scenario in your head and try to guess what happened and everything else, but they had to find the baby Jesus that night. And, and I want you to think about it, you know, just think in your mind, was there only one stable, uh, one manger, one place where animals were kept in Bethlehem? No. No, there wasn't. And that's why there was a sign. See, if there was only one, the angel wouldn't have had to give them a sign to go look for a specific one. He's saying, hey, I want you to go to the stable uh, that has a baby in it lying in a manger. And I believe that what happened is those shepherds, uh, they traveled that about the mile uh, into Bethlehem and they started looking and started trying to find every place where they knew animals were kept. They, they lived close to the city. It wasn't a big town. Um, they, they would have known where animals were kept and they probably had to go from one stable to the next and see, okay, I got to this one. All I see is animals. We got to move on to the next one. And, and I guarantee that it took more than one, more than two, who knows how many, but, but they had to keep going to find the one that had baby Jesus in it, at that babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Uh, so here's the thing. They, it would have been strange for a manger to have been in the stable, but one with a baby in it. Uh, so they just had to keep going. And then the question is, well, how many places did they go that night? How many? Uh, how long did it take them to find the baby? How many hours did it take to find? How far did they have to travel uh, once they got in the city? How many times did they have to kind of go around? I have no idea because in between verse 15 and 16, we get no details other than they had to find him. Uh, so it made me to think that they did not give up. That's what we do know. They didn't give up no matter how many stables they had to stop in that night once they got the message from the angel, but they did not give up. And it made me uh, question myself and wonder tonight, how quickly do we give up on spiritual things? Because that's what it was. This was a this was an appearance from the angel of the Lord saying, "Hey, uh, the the Messiah is here. the The 
the Savior is here. He is born. You need to go see him. Here's where you'll find him, or this is the circumstances around where he will be. And you go, uh, you go by faith, walking into that city, and you look from place to place. And here's the thing. How quickly do we really give up? See, maybe we would have left the field that night. Maybe we would have gone that far, and we would have stopped at the first stable or two. And when we saw that there were only animals, maybe then we would just get tired and say, you know what? Uh, you know, maybe it was all a dream. Maybe I was just kind of tired. Maybe we didn't hear the right thing. We should just get back to the flock and go about what we were doing. But, or would we press on and not quit until we get to the place where God wants us to be? That's the question tonight. That's, that's a big question that we find in this story is how, how, how easily will we give up on spiritual things? See, if I'm talking about careers, how quickly do you give up in your career when something goes wrong? When you, you know, maybe when you don't get the promotion, when you make a big mistake at work, uh, do, do you quit every time that it gets hard or things doesn't go your way at work? What, what about education? What about, you know, if you're in college or school or whatever, uh, what happens when, when the class starts to get hard? Do you just drop it every single time and, and quit and, and, and just walk away from it? What about relationships? You know, when everything doesn't go your way and you're not getting everything you want and they're not uh, catering to your every will and it's not the perfect relationship that you dreamt up in your mind or that Hollywood put in your mind. You know, what what happens? You just give up and walk away. See, in a lot of times in career and education and relationships, we'll persevere. You'll keep going. But why do we keep going in all of those parts in our life? But when it comes to a spiritual thing, we tend to give up so easily. When it, when it comes to God's will, there's nothing more important in our life once we're saved than doing God's will. Why do we come, become quitters when it comes to spiritual things? Those shepherds did not that night. And I'll tell you what, those shepherds, their lives were changed forever. And it wasn't just because of what they heard from the angels. It also tells us in verse 20 uh, that it was because of what they saw that night. See, it was a promise from God that they received from the angel of the Lord. It was a powerful promise. It was a earth-changing promise. Uh, but they not only heard the promise, but they got to see it fulfilled with their very eyes. And that's where some true power comes from. Uh, we talked about it the other night. Uh, this Bible is full of precious promises from God. But here's the thing. Uh, what we need to do is we need to latch a hold of them and we need to trust in them. And then when we see God fulfilling promises, it makes God all the more real in our life. It will grow our faith and it will help us to continue to step out and do what God's called us to do. So I, I think one of the things we need to do, we need to resolve spiritually this Christmas, uh, this Christmas time is to be more like the shepherds. And we need to look for the Savior and not quit until we find him. We need to look for his will in our life and then do it. And, and every time you open up this Bible, look for the Savior. Look for him. He's in there. He's in every page, no matter if you're in the Old Testament or the New. And what's sad is that night... Jesus Christ came to this earth, the Savior was born, the promised Messiah that all the prophets and everyone had talked about for, for centuries in the Old Testament and the scriptures was there. He was born that night, but nobody else 
was looking for him that night. You see the shepherds getting the message. They want to go find him. But everyone else in Bethlehem, in the surrounding area, in Jerusalem, everyone else missed out on meeting the newborn Savior of the world. See, those same shepherds, remember I told you, they took care of the temple sacrifice, uh, those lambs that would be used in the temple. Uh, so there's the same lambs that one of the things they would have looked in and saw and made sure that they were spotless and blameless uh, and met the qualifications. They knew what a lamb would look like that was able to be sacrificed. So it is no accident that God sent these same shepherds to go see what John the Baptist would later say, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. It's no accident that God sent these specific shepherds to go see the one that would not die in the temple, but would die on the cross for all of our sins. What a God tonight. Let's go on to verse 17. And when they had seen it, the shepherds, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And they and, and all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. So when the shepherds found the baby, when they found what they were looking for, what God had sent them to, they told everybody what the angel of the Lord had told them. They repeated, remember those good tidings? They repeated what the angels had shared with them, uh, but not just Mary and Joseph, not just the uh, them when they, they told them, but they also, it says, they made known abroad. They spread the good news to everyone that would listen in that whole region, and it caused people to marvel. They wondered at those things, and, and I'm here to tell you, if you have been changed by Jesus Christ, if he's given you a new life, if he's forgiven you of your sins, you need to be telling people about it. This world needs to hear about the life-changing, soul-saving, uh, uh, you know, eternity-granting uh, life uh, for, of Jesus Christ. They need to hear it from us. They need to hear what? Uh, not what they heard from somebody else. No, what you've seen, what you've heard. That what you've gotten out of God's word, what he's done in your specific life, how you've walked by faith and he's made good on his promises. They need to hear that. We need to let everyone know what we've seen and heard. Uh, let's go on. Verse 20. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. So there again, it was an amazing night. It was a normal night turned into amazing night. And those shepherds never forgot what happened to them. And, and ultimately they returned back to the field, back to their flocks, but they were changed. They were now glorifying and praising God all the way back. And once they got there, uh, and you think about this, they went back to their old jobs. Uh, they were shepherds still. They were shepherds before, they're shepherds afterwards, but now they're new men. They're new creatures. They're not the same. They had met Jesus Christ and they put their trust in the Savior that had just been born. They trusted him for salvation that night. And that same faith that it would have taken the shepherds that night to put their trust uh, in that newborn baby that was born to a poor family that had no place, no room in the inn, but there's... Uh, being born in a stable, lying in a manger around animals, to believe that that baby born in those 
poor, unfortunate circumstances would be the one that would save the entire world, it would have taken faith for them to believe that. And guess what? It takes us the exact same faith to look back in time, according to God's word, that Jesus Christ not only was born, but he lived his life perfectly, never sinned, no guile was found in his mouth. Uh, he did everything that uh, the Father's in complete will. He was completely righteous, completely obedient. And then one day when it was the right hour, the hour had come, he voluntarily gave his life on the cross to pay for the sins of the world. And then he was buried he was buried in public. They knew where he was buried. They kept watch over it. And on the third day, they hadn't stolen the body. No, he rose from the dead and Jesus Christ was alive. He showed himself alive for 40 days. Then he ascended back up into heaven. And that same Jesus wants to save your soul tonight. He wants you, you maybe you've gotten some good Christmas gifts today. Maybe you'll get some as uh, maybe there's some more get togethers in the next days that come. Uh, but maybe you've gotten some good Good gifts. Maybe you didn't get so great of gifts uh, or, or whatever, but I'm here to tell you the greatest gift that's ever been given was God himself coming to this earth and not, uh, not doing anything other than living what we could not do. See, he lived a sinless life. You and I are, we are, are sinners. We were born sinners. We, we commit sin. We're going against God uh, all the time. And the Bible says that, uh, that if you say that you're without sin you are in you were deceived uh, you're in deception but aren't you glad that Jesus Christ died for your sin and all you have to do is believe that his sacrifice on the cross his death his blood being shed uh, for the remission of sins and his raising on the third day that's what we celebrate in Easter uh, is his resurrection that that is enough. If you believe that and you admit that you're a sinner and you're ready to change, you're ready to get a new life in Jesus Christ, then the last thing to do is you just call on his name for salvation. And let me tell you, there's no better day to get a gift than Christmas Day. You can get the gift of salvation. Uh, he'll give you a new heart. The Bible says he'll give you a new mind. Uh, he, he will change your life and you will start an amazing journey that's called a Christian life. And guess what? You don't have to do it alone. Uh, you find yourself a good Bible-believing church. If you're in our area, come to our church uh, or find one close to you uh, and get in God's Word and let God teach you from His Word and you serve Him and you will learn that God has never failed uh, and He never will. And you, you just continue to do what He's called you to do until He takes you home. There's no greater life than one right in the center of God's will. So I ask you this question tonight, uh, you know, uh, will you find Jesus tonight? You know, or maybe you weren't even looking for him, but will you find Jesus tonight? He's not hard to find. He's waiting to hear from you. Or are you just going to keep on living your life as if nothing happened? See, the shepherds could have done that, but then they would have never seen the baby. They would have never been amazed by God's word and his promises being fulfilled. Hey, it's time tonight. If you haven't accepted Jesus, you need to. He loves you tonight. He wants to hear from you. But what a Christmas. I'm telling you, I again, I'm so sad. I wish we could have come together and we could have worshipped uh, in person. Uh, but just it just wasn't the right time and you know with the weather and everything else but I'm glad that we can dig into God's word one more time and here's the thing uh, why don't you if you've got some extra time off you know some extra 
uh, in these coming days. You know, a lot of people uh, like me take some days off between Christmas and New Year's. Get in God's Word. Uh, pray to Him. Uh, you know, commit, recommit yourself. You know, I'm not a big one on New Year's resolutions, but you can just start a change tonight. You can draw closer to God and do His will. But, uh, man, it's such an honor to be with you tonight. Uh, God bless you. We love you, and we'll hope to see you soon. And, man, what a Savior. Thank God uh, that He came to this earth. That's why we're celebrating Christmas, is the birth of our Savior. He's come. He came to this earth, and this earth has never been the same. Praise God. Well, again, good evening. We love you and hope to see you soon.